Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, you will recall in recent weeks, we've spoken at length to Deirdre Morn, solicitor with talents, about domestic abuse. And Deirdre covered off a lot of information about it, the new act that covers it, etc. And we did mention when we were talking that women are mostly victims. But I did have a couple of messages to uh, me uh, during the features with Deirdre from men saying that, you know, it's just not a women issue, Jerry. My first guest today... His name is Larry and he's been living with domestic abuse for over 20 years. And I'll say hello to him today. Hello, Larry. Hi, how are you, Jerry? Uh, not, it hasn't been 20 years, we had 20 great years and then, then it started and it's been going on for about eight. So you had 20 great years. Well, let's start off from that point. Were you married to this woman? I was. And when you met her, did you know her before you met her or had you any knowledge of her? Not before I met her. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um no, we, 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 we met and we, we got on great from day one and uh, and we had a wonderful, wonderful relationship for 20 years and there was there was just occasional signs that um, beneath the surface was lurking a, a, a temper, which uh, I found a bit frightening. And when it came time to uh, tie the knot, if you like, uh, that ultimately put the fear of God into me when I saw the temper in its full swing pre-marriage. And I actually called off the marriage, but she convinced me that it was a one-off. And um, we went ahead and we got married and we had some beautiful children and we had great times um, until she fell in love with somebody else. And uh, unfortunately, I was surplus to requirements from that point on. And uh, she was determined to try and initially she she tried to uh, get me to physically assault her. She'd always provoke me, you know, and and say things like, uh, oh, come on then, hit me, hit me. Why don't you hit me? You know, yeah, you're not man enough to hit me. That kind of thing, you know, which, which was very disturbing because it's just not in my nature uh, to hit anyone, man or woman. And, and I hasten to add that, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, uh, it is usually men that lose their temper in these situations, more so than women. Um, but it's wrong whenever it happens. Mm. So the key moment or key, t- key time was when she met somebody else and wanted to leave you and start a new relationship. That's when this began. Yes, and I had no idea she'd met somebody else. She just um, 
told me that uh, she'd have to work late and uh, and then she'd have to an early start the next morning so she wouldn't be home. And uh, I was, uh, you know, from the time the kids arrived, uh, she'd made it very clear that uh, she'd had an unhappy and abusive childhood and wasn't interested in taking care of the children, although she wanted them. Um, whereas I'd come from a very happy, loving family and was... Uh, self-employed so I could easily work from home so and was happy to do so because it gave me extra time to spend with our beautiful children. Um, when did you find it? Just let me ask you this. How long before you found out that she was having an affair? She, she came home from work one day and started treating me with absolute contempt for, for no reason whatsoever and then she'd start saying things like, oh, I'll just look at you, for God's sake. It's it's uh, it's like coming home to a housewife instead of a husband, you know. Look at you, cleaning the house and taking care of children. You know, I deserve a real man in my life, and you're not a real man at all. And that, that was kind of hurtful, you know, because I felt I was pulling my weight. And uh, uh, I'm sure if a man came home to his wife and said, would you look at you, you do nothing except take care of the kids in the house all day long. And uh, People would not regard that as being a very reasonable statement on behalf of the man, especially where there was, you know, a few young children who needed full-time care. So I felt that it wasn't very fair and reasonable of of her to be doing that, particularly in circumstances where I was still holding down um, a full-time job and, uh, and bringing in a lot more money than my wife was so mm. um, it, it, it was very it was very difficult but I had I, I suppose looking back on it I was a bit thick because <laughs> I just <laughs> I just uh, I couldn't understand how she how my wife would 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 start an affair with another man I, I, I just it was you know we had we'd 20 years of, of wonderful times together and we had a, a you know a, 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 we had four very very young and um and very needy children who needed two parents. Uh, um, and, uh, I mean, when I say very young, the youngest was a week old. Um, so uh, it was it was strange to find out that she'd been having an affair while we were expecting our youngest child, uh, for starters, and that as soon as the youngest child arrived, uh, she wanted to leave me for this other fellow. Um, but that was her decision over which I had no control. I did everything. I begged her to go to marriage counselling and and whatever. But um, she just kept telling me about this other guy and I should see him. And he's just such a real man. And, you know, you're just like a housewife. And, um, and the marriage counsellor said there was nothing he could do because she just wouldn't turn up or if she did turn up on one occasion he said she simply wouldn't engage with him and I asked was there anything that I could possibly do and he said um, the only thing your wife seems interested in you doing at the moment is, uh, is selling your business and giving her all of the all of the proceeds um, so you could try that but it might put you in a very strong position if she decides to leave anyway um, which is ultimately what she did and the uh, the verbal abuse then uh, turned physical because she came in and uh, gave me a letter from a solicitor one night saying that after trying everything, uh, she has no option. Uh, every every effort having failed to save the marriage, she has no option but to leave. 
Um, and in those circumstances, I will be required to move out of the house uh, tomorrow morning and find somewhere else to live. And luckily, I was able to call a solicitor that night uh, and they said, well, look, she can't. She can't leave and you'd be mad to. So the next morning, uh, there were three articulated lorries outside the house and a bunch of lads came in and said, we're here to take all the furniture to your wife's new house. And um, it transpired she had already prepared a new house for herself and the children and was leaving. And I said, well, you're not leaving and taking the children. (laughs) And, uh, you know, there's no... The solicitor had told me she had to have a thing called a parenting plan in place and she didn't have that. So um, the guards came and said, well, you know, would you not, if she's leaving, she's leaving, would you, would you stop creating a scene basically and let your wife go if that's what she's going to do, she's going to do it and you're only upsetting your children and would you ever be quiet? And I said, no, I won't be quiet. These are my children and I'm not allowing them to be taken out of my care. I'm, I'm the one that cares for them and loves them as wife frankly, is more interested in her work. Um, she goes to work at 7 o'clock before they're up. She never comes home until after they're gone to bed at night. So she only ever sees them on the weekend anyway. And then she insisted that we always had an au pair because she was too tired to do anything. So I felt the whole thing was uh, very unfair and unreasonable. And I certainly wasn't letting go of my of my children and into... Uh, into my wife's care in circumstances where I didn't believe she was behaving in a very rational fashion. Mm. I'm listening um, to you and I'm thinking here, this woman engineered this. this well, whole that's thing. where was... I say earlier I was a bit of a tick because, you know, I should have seen this coming months, months earlier. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And I just, I would not believe, I would, I would not, I was brought up to say that when you get married, you're married and that's it and you don't, it's not a, it's not an option from that point on. It's, and once you have children, then you know you have other people's lives in your hands. So mm. you're you're in it, and you're and, and that's it. And if you come across problems, you work through them. But especially with a, a newborn baby just arrived, um, I just wouldn't accept the possibility, even though the signs were there with the working late and all that, that she was uh, uh, had fallen in love with somebody else. Did she go? She left uh, eventually, but for three months she had to go through the court process. So the two of us were living in the same house and that's when the physical abuse started. Um, where she would, on, on one occasion, for instance, she uh, came up behind me when I was trying to get into the car and she grabbed me around the neck and put her knee into my back. And that brought me very hard down onto my knees and I had to go to the doctor to get a a bit of treatment and the doctor had seen signs of this coming a lot longer, not before I did. So he insisted that at this stage I had to go to the guards and tell them what was going on. And I was very reluctant to do it because you you kind of feel like, you know, I'm a man going complaining that a woman's beating me up. It's just, it's not the culture in which we were brought up. Um, Very, to be honest, you know, men are supposed to be tough, I suppose, and Big boys don't mm. cry and all that sort of stuff. But eventually I, I took his advice and I went to the guards and, she, and she, they said, well, sure, aren't you, aren't you a fully grown man? Are you not able to look after yourself? Um, and that didn't help because then mm. I felt, yeah, I'm being the one who's who's ridiculous here. So from that point on, any time she'd physically hit me, I'd just let it go. 
and put it down to the fact that I must be a bit of a sissy, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but then, you know, when she did eventually leave um, after uh, the courts, of course, took the children off me straight away and gave them to her. And even though she wasn't going to be there to take care of them, um, she employed nannies. And it was it was nannies and au pairs that took care of my children for that first year. And she wouldn't allow me any access at all. Um, but after a year, the uh, the court said, no, you have to let him see his newborn baby, um, who at this stage was a year old, of course. And I rem- she hated me seeing the child. And when I, one day, I remember she dropped the child off and I took the child out of the car and the door was open and the other children were sitting in the car and they they went to get out of the car too. And she said, no, I didn't give you permission to get out. And she slammed the car into reverse and reversed back hard, hitting myself and the child with the door. And we went down... Uh, I threw myself on the ground first, obviously, to try and protect the child. But then when I stood up, she ran, she rammed me again with the car. And this time she she actually uh, put a hairline fracture into my hip. And uh, again, uh, the doctor said, look, you know, you have to go to the guards. You have to tell them about this. So I did. And I went and I said exactly what had happened. I gave them the time, the date that the four, or the, the four children saw it and... Uh, and the guard said, oh, well, we'll have to investigate this. And uh, anyway, about a year and a half later, the guard finally got back to me and said, um, oh, look, we can't do anything about this. There were no witnesses. And I said, well, what about the medical report and the hairline fracture to my hip? And they said, actually, that could have happened any anyway at all. We uh, we can't help you here now. So, um, so yeah, you kind of feel a bit, uh, a, a, a bit unwelcome uh, mm-hmm. when you're making complaints. And and it's, and, and, and those the, those situations that happened are in relatively recent times. They are, yeah, in the last few years since she left. But the the the, yeah. the, the psychological and emotional abuse is is nonstop. You know, the the constant texts to me telling me how uh, I'm I'm mad and I need to go and see a psychologist. Uh, and why don't I just leave her and the children alone? And I need to get over her and realize that she has moved on. And I mean, the reality is I ended up uh, crying on the shoulder of a dear friend uh, about a year after my wife had left. And of course, I wasn't seeing my children at all. And we ended up becoming the best of friends. And subsequently, uh, we've uh, entered into a, a permanent relationship. And But my wife still sends me or my ex-wife, as she is now, sends me messages saying, I need to go and see a psychologist to help me get over her. Um, and um, I think they call it gaslighting. Is that the right word for her? Mm. Yes. But the, the, the pain of, of uh, her perpetual, incessant breaches of all the court orders stating that I'm to have access to my children really hurts. Um, she, she goes into court and tells them, oh, he's an alcoholic. And the courts say, well, we have to err on the side of caution, even though we know she has no evidence of any sort. And we have to protect the children. So on that basis, we're going to stop using the children now. And no amount of blood tests and psychologists' reports and reports from addiction clinics, uh, from specialists, from hair sample analysis, none of that was ever accepted as proof that, in fact, I don't drink at all. Um, but the court said, well, we still have to presume you must be an alcoholic because your wife says so. 
Um, and when that, uh, you know, then of course, of course, they oh, you better be supervised then if you're if you're an alcoholic and and I have to, I have to be breathalyzed every day. And there's there's never once ever been any trace of alcohol. As I say, I don't drink, but um, it doesn't matter. Uh, the that that and that's the kind of psychological abuse that that happens men and and it hurts. I tell you, an awful lot more. Than, uh, than physical abuse, um, not condoning physical abuse in any way. And by the way, mm. this kind of, of psychological abuse doesn't just happen then. It's exactly the same thing. They call it parental alienation. Happens to women where men turn the children against their mother. And uh, it's, it's a despicable, despicable thing to do where, you know, the, the abused party really in all of this is the child. And, uh, um, and unfortunately... Uh, you know, um, our former minister for justice uh, tried in 2015 to bring in the in the Children and Family Act. He he brought in uh, journalists should be allowed into court, but unfortunately, they're still effectively not allowed into court, mm. except in the most innocuous of cases. Mm. And um, as a result of that, our current minister for justice, Charlie Flanagan, says, "Well." There is no empirical evidence of this parental alienation going on. But the reason that there's no empirical evidence is because um, parental alienation is hidden in the in-camera rules, whereby what happens in court, you're not allowed to talk about it. Um, And the only people who could are the journalists. But, of course, journalists are not allowed in. There's, there's, I think, uh, 72 different reasons a judge can give as to why he will not or she will not Mm. allow a journalist to cover a case. And those which are in, have any level of contro- controversy associated with them do not end up getting covered by journalists. Uh, there, is, he- there is, I hasten uh, to yeah. add. I, I, uh, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, Larry. And what I hear is that you feel everything is stacked against you and it, it, that's your experience from your particular uh, case just i have to i have to finish up now and, and I, I could talk on to you forever to be honest i just want to ask you this in conclusion and we're getting lots of comment and keep them coming to us 086 1800 658 if you want to comment on what larry has been saying to me by whatsapp or text um do you see your children uh yes i get to see them 24 afternoons a year that's it that's it. Uh, do you feel that they are on the other side of this, you know, this breakup, that they are, what you mentioned there a moment ago, do they look on you as the villain of the piece? Well, they've been told that when they were younger, I used to beat them. They don't remember that, um, but they have reported that to their GP, that, oh, yes, we were beaten when we were kids, and then Tusla investigated, and they said, well, there's no evidence of that whatsoever, and we believe that the mother has put the children up to saying this, um, and uh, is the case of parental alienation. But unfortunately, nobody can act on it really because as yes, say, it's, uh, the, the, the details are all covered by the, uh, the yes, camera yeah, rules. Yeah which you said a few moments ago to me. What about support? I'm thinking of Men's Aid, a fantastic organisation. Have you turned to them or anybody else for assistance? I have to say Men's Aid are fantastic. They really are uh, a group of people who do their absolute best. Unfortunately, like alienated parents' support, Men's Aid are grossly underfunded. It's as simple as that. Like the budget for 
women's aid each year is something in the region of 20 million from the state and the budget for men's aid is less than 800,000, to the best of my knowledge. I mean, I think that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it's, it? It, it does sum it up, and I suppose it's it's a perception that most people have that the, the wrong person in domestic abuse is primarily the woman. But look, we, we listen with, I, I suppose at times, such sadness and... I'm horrified by what you've had to say to me today. And I know you said the children are the victim in this, but I'm going to say to you, Larry, you, you are a victim too. And that, that has come across quite clearly in our conversation today. Look, I have to leave it there. I thank you for joining me to tell your story. You've done a lot of people, I'd say, listening to us and beyond a great service today. Thank you. Pleasure talking to you, Jerry. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.